Makers, Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, <laughs> share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. So home buying. I think it's one of the most intriguing things that I've seen here in the United States, especially because I saw a statistic recently and it says that salaries have increased by 25 percent and home prices and homes in general have increased by 148 percent that's not factoring in how long was the time 10 years years. yeah in 10 years and that's not factoring in inflation obviously because i'm sure salaries (laughs) should be lower for sure but one of the things I feel like a lot of people or misconceptions we have about home pricing or home buying in general is that that's a very solid investment guaranteed. And while this is a wonderful form of building wealth and building mm-hmm. your net worth, I feel like it has been over oversold. And we have people who are trapped or make these decisions without really knowing the consequence fully or fully understanding what they're getting themselves into because buying a home is not even like buying financing a phone or even a car. This is a, you know, we're talking six figure deal and it's very, very expensive, not only to purchase, but to maintain. So that's why we're going to talk chat a little bit about some of the myths with buying homes versus renting. And one of the things that I would say Throwing off the bat is people would always say you're throwing your money away when you're (laughs) renting. And I don't think so. I think renting gives people the flexibility. Like if you get a better job somewhere else, you're happy to up and leave and, you know, maybe sublease or pay maybe an extra amount of money for Mm. leaving that property and going somewhere else. And in some properties that are very big, they can even transfer your lease for you. So it gives you that flexibility and little to no financial risk associated with it, or any financial responsibility. Also, when people say buying a home is always a good investment, what do you think about that statement? Look, anytime I listen to a statement that says always, <laughs> I already know that's false. Right. And nothing is ever always a good investment, whether it be stocks, whether mm-hmm. it be homes, private equity, commodities, whatever it is. The price where you get in is very, very important. Yeah. But also, what is going on in your life at that point? even matters more, like Mm. how much you're earning. I know one of the staples is that typically your mortgage, including all the other costs associated, like, you know, your PMI, your home insurance and everything should be more than 25% to 20% of your gross pay, Mm -hmm. you know? So that depends. We're making like $2 million or something. (laughs) Then (laughs) buying a $500,000 house might not be an issue for you at all. Yeah. Just because you can't afford it, regardless of what interest rates might be. You just can't, you can't afford it. But for the average person, you know, Mm -hmm. the conversation switches up. Yeah. Right. And it's not always a good investment, especially, you know, today you hear many people say, you know, if you don't buy a house, what are you doing? Mm. And that's how just know that many people have been miseducated True. about what, you know, home buying is. True. And I won't come for every single real estate agent, but <laughs> let's no. be honest, their compensation is, is tied to them being able to sell to houses. Sell a house, but because yeah. of course they're going to tell you it's a good time to buy homes. Yes. Because they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this episode to really educate people, not just listen blindly to what we have to say, yeah. but actually go out of the way to, to seek more information and not just listen to what the real estate agent says. I think another thing that people say is that buying a home builds equity faster than renting. 
And I would say that while like home buying is a way to you're paying towards your mortgage, which is going to increase your equity, right? As mm. your net worth. But that's not always the case. Like home prices are not like stock that increases like 20% in some cases, like NVIDIA in this case that yeah. increased like <laughs> parabolic just this past week, right? Homes on average, maybe 4%, they increase year over year. Yeah. So like your equity is not going to go like, oh my gosh, astronomical. And you also have to factor in the interest you're paying on it, right? So you're thinking of, think about the equity as the growth rate versus your interest. And you, you look at your real rate of return and you have to subtract that growth rate, quote unquote, that equity is going back year over year, subtracted from your interest rate. That's how you know, okay, how much value have I really gotten from this home? That does not even take into account what can you actually sell it for in the market. Yeah. Depending on the market conditions, like for example, the market conditions now versus 2020 is completely different. Or even 2021, where we're having people, their home prices were increasing 50, 100% in homes. That's not normal for yeah. a home market. So not necessarily the case all the time. People can increase equity in all different form of assets, potentially investing. Yeah. So I really like how you brought up the whole question of building equity. Yeah. Right. Because many, pe many people have never seen an amortization table. Before. Yeah. And basically what an amortization table is with any kind of loan or that kind of liability you take, mm -hmm. it breaks down every year, every month, depends on you know yeah. how you're paying your debt how much is going into the interest and how much is going to principal. So principal yeah. means how much is going to actually buying that home. Mm -hmm. And when you look at amortization table, mm -hmm. the first few years really go to interest. Yes. So you're actually paying your interest. You're yeah. not really building equity. Except so if, you're paying a little bit more. Yeah, except you're paying a little bit more. How many people can afford to do that in America? Yeah. yeah. So when you first start, you're actually just paying the interest, mm -hmm. right? So even that building equity, there's still nuance to it. It takes mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah. To build equity. And I know nowadays, you know, everyone is a financial guru. They'll tell you <laughs> stuff like, oh, take a loan against equity in your home. And it depends and on... And do an LLC. Yeah. And <laughs> it depends on what part of the cycle we're in. Yeah. There are times that can work. If rates are really low, okay. Yeah, that's You know, fantastic. now that can work. However, there's some things we to consider. First, most people work nine to fives. Yeah. You know, when we look at what passive income is, you're not supposed to be overstressed mm -hmm. about it. So first things first, managing a second home is not easy. You will have to take time out of your already busy schedule. God bless yeah. you. You have like children or other side of businesses yeah. as well. Another thing people don't look at is whenever you take a loan against your equity, that's amount that you've paid off that has flown through your personal balance sheet into your equity comes out again and becomes exactly. another liability. So it's essentially another loan. Yes, exactly. It's another loan. And it's just like, ugh, really? <laughs> a, a good alternative is... People who rent, if they're disciplined, can invest that difference in the index. Just yes. like you said, on average, depends on where you are, homes go up between 3 to 4% every year. Yeah. Since 2020 has been an abnormal abnormality. Yeah. That's why, once again, I admonish people, don't just listen to what your real estate agent says. Yeah. Because they're biased already. Go out and do your own research. Because on average, the S&P 500 goes up about 78% every year. Yeah. Almost double what the, what the housing market does. Yeah. You know, so if you can be disciplined enough to rent and invest that difference in S&P 500, you might not be missing out. However, mm -hmm. if you know your struggle with discipline, housing market, buying a home might actually be a good thing. Exactly. Because it's a way of forced 
savings? I would say that some real estate agents are actually really good for people. <laughs> like they, they, I feel like the really good ones and the successful ones tell you mm. the truth. And that's why you see people return to them mm. because they're not the ones to just like give you like cheap shots just because they want to make a quick commission. Because I feel like in my mind, that's very short sighted because yeah. you're looking at first time home buyers. That's not the only house they'll have. And you'll have network of friends like, Oh, this person really helped me throughout the entire process. Mm -hmm. So I think I would believe that there are some people who will give you good information. I think another thing that people say that kind of like really grinds my gears. I'll say it's a peeve is that you can buy now and always refinance. <laughs> that's great. If you bought in 2018 and you saw what happened in 2020, yes. But in fact, some people actually have better interest rates in the past and in the future. Yeah. Because again, inflation is a big problem. And one of the ways that feds try to fight inflation is increasing rates. If not for what happened in 2020, that the government wanted to stimulate the economy, rates were going to still be high, not yeah. going down to 0%. So like, except maybe like a 2020 situation happens, or maybe we enter a very, very bad recession, rates are going to be high. Uh, Powell has said so. He's not even saying anything about decreasing rates. He's like, oh, if something breaks in the economy, meaning something bad happens, we will consider like pausing, increasing interest rates. If not, we're going to keep increasing that lever in order to fight inflation. So when we were saying that, oh, you're going to refinance in the future when the interest rates are lower i'm like you're fighting based on a possibility that's not even like a it's not even a fair fighting chance because okay you have to wait what 10 years and get stuck with this high interest payments for how long mm -hmm. and maybe sometime in your 30 years they're going to decrease the interest rates yeah that's an interesting thing because mortgage rates are now about seven percent yeah and yet the market is down maybe 10 15 percent the yeah. real estate market that's not even really anything at all, you know, and that that makes me scared because inflation is still high. And to me, <laughs> these guys are not going to budge. No. When the, you know, the chairman of the Federal Reserve power comes out and say, bro, we're not even thinking about cutting rates this year at all. Many oh. people think he's joking. I and that to why. me, that's one of the reasons why the stock market is rallying as well. <laughs> I get a feeling he's not playing this time because... He's never played. He's the United States have wanted. never printed as much money as mm -hmm. they did in 2020. So we, we don't even know the full effects. The same way interest rates have not been this high for like 30 to 40 years. Yeah. We have not even seen the full repercussion. Yeah. I know we've seen some banks fail. We've yeah. seen many tech firms lay off. But it's not just the beginning. Remember, yeah. you don't feel the full might of the interest rate increases until like a year after yeah so that's something else many people are not considering what happens if this layoff start to broaden out to not just tech because tech accounts for relatively a small part of the total exactly. employment what if this spreads hospitality Services. construction especially mm -hmm. i know in la boston many of the commercial real estate companies have been complaining that oh we have all these empty offices yeah. and those people who took the loans to build this office complexes they have to still repay it. Yeah. What happens if they tell you, you know what, no one's yeah. leasing a building, we can't afford to repay it. Now you're going to see more banks starting to even tighten their lending standards yeah. even more. And there's just so much that can go wrong. I and think, many people are not just considering that. I think the crazy thing is that we're seeing more and more statistics blow out where they're saying like renting is actually cheaper than buying. Yes, we put a, yeah. a chart out last yeah. week that just shows the disparity. Do you know the last time that disparity was that high between the renting and buying market? 2008. Exactly. <laughs> Not saying that will happen. Yeah. I don't think, hopefully that doesn't happen because yeah. consumers have, you know, 
quote unquote stronger balance sheets yeah. and stuff. So that at least the United States, States. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a it's still a risk yeah. that we need to take into consideration. Again, all that to say is I personally I, I want to own a home. I think owning a home is a big accomplishment. I think it's freaking fantastic. Definitely a way to increase your net worth as well as increasing your wealth for sure. Yeah. So just one thing I want to add is not everything in this life has to be this oh I'm financial savvy. This yeah. has to be this asset. It has to generate our life yeah. for me. I think in this generation, we're obsessed with that. And it's good that many people are more educated. We're yeah. interested in it. But this obsession that is not backed by statistics or knowledge is just, to me, it's a, it's a setup for disaster. Yeah. I believe that a house is a personal use asset. Yeah. I buy a house because I like the location. Yeah. No, first, I buy a house because I can afford it. Afford it, it yes. I like the location. I like how it looks. Yeah. I want to be able to have my friends come over. I want yeah, to have my family. Fun, yeah. Now, if anything happens and the housing market goes up 50%, great. Yeah. But to me, it's not going to be a main source of driving, you know, my net worth, especially something that is liquid. Yeah. Because let's say your house goes up, you know, 200%. Remember, it's not just your house. There's a good chance that every other house in your neighborhood and yeah. maybe even that state went up something similar. Yeah. So if you sell and move somewhere else, you're also buying at 20% higher. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it does increase your net worth, but it's not as liquid as stuff like, for example, let's say I buy a stock at $100, it goes mm -hmm. to $200 and I sell it. After I pay my taxes, that is raw cash to myself. Yeah. And I don't understand, like, trust me, we're not naive that there are other benefits on your home, yeah. like your taxes and some yeah. other things. We know that. But even with taxes, it's not a dollar for dollar benefit yeah. you're getting with it. Yeah. So honestly, with this episode, we can go on for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If we can. But, you know, I think the main point is just do your own research. Most importantly, make sure you can afford it, preferably your mortgage, along with all the other expenses, should not be more than 30, 25 to 30, 30%. maybe if you're pushing it, 30%. I would say 30 because I feel, like, I feel like what I think about even when you want to rent, they're always like, oh, it should be, you should earn three times yeah. the rent. So I'll say at least 30%. That includes all of the payments you're going yeah, to make. So that sure. you can actually do other stuff. you be comfortable, You yeah. can invest in the stock market yeah. as well. You can do other side projects or businesses yeah. you want to have. And, and you're not just, just tied up. Don't have FOMO. Like... I think like investing in a property is like a long game. It's it is. not it's it not is. like it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. You're enjoying the process and you can find one home that is not your forever home and yep. you know, grow and then get another one and just yeah. keep moving in. But like I feel like if you're always thinking like, Yeah, this is like except maybe that's your full time job and you have mm -hmm. capacity to like you know, because there's some people who buy a lot of like homes that need a little TLC exactly. and you're making money yep. off of it. Oh, that's great. Because again, you're not buying at a premium, you're fixing up buying some things. So if you have capacity to do that, that's great. But I still think homes are great. Yes. But um don't don't dog on renting. Make sure you can actually afford the property mm -hmm. and just be balanced overall. You don't want mm -hmm. to have all your money tied up to just one mm -hmm. type of asset so that you can still invest in your 401k. If you have any other side businesses you want to do, you still have some cash freedom for that so that your entire <laughs> salary is not just going to your mortgage. And now you don't have money to do anything you enjoy. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.